Praise the Lord. Well, turn in your Bibles to Romans 5. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get through all this scripture today. I, it's a dangerous thing when I start studying and get, get scriptures, you know, because I come up with too many. And then I turn into one of those word of faith, you know, like teacher people and just, you know, teach forever. And, uh, and, uh, like I said, one time I was doing a Wednesday night service in my church in Alabama and, uh, the, uh, uh, I, I said, y'all here, you gone home. And the woman on the front row hollered, gone home. She'd, she'd had enough, man. <laughs> she said, forget it. Uh, so, uh, I quickly wrapped it up after that comment was made, realizing that I had, I had been teaching like an hour and 25 minutes or some craziness. I won't do that to you today, I promise. Uh, Romans 5. Now, I'm going to just be preaching some scriptures today on what it means to be justified and righteous. You know, if we're not careful, we start thinking that we're going to have to merit our way or work our way to, to, to getting favor with God. You know, like we want to, you know, how many want to be approved of God? And, you know, I think everybody could say, yeah, I want to be approved of God. I want my life to be approved. I want I want him to be pleased with me. I want to do those things that are, you know, pleasing in his sight. Amen. And so that's the, that's, that's our heart. And I, I just believe that most Christians, I mean, there's a few, you know, uh, rascals <laughs> out there that, you know, don't care. But for the most part, most believers, I really believe have the heart. That they want to serve God, they want their life to be approved and pleasing to the Lord, and feel like that they're making God happy and not disappointed all the time. Um, and uh, so, oftentimes, you know, because of the rascals that that have been in church, uh, so much preaching is directed towards them that everybody feels condemned. You know, uh, I know one uh, strong grace preacher. Uh, his name happens to be Joseph Prince, and he he and his church, you know, he's he's people think, well, that's one of those grace churches. Just anything goes. Anybody can do anything they want. Just wild and woolly, you know. But it's absolutely not true. People that know him said that if he has a young man in the church that's like hitting on all the girls or something, <laughs> trying trying to pick up women at the at the youth meeting or whatever. They will absolutely corner him and say, listen, buddy, this isn't going to fly here. This is not what we're about. And grace or no grace. In other words, this has nothing to do with grace. This has to do with you being wrong. <laughs> Just wrong. So, you know, a lot of people would think, well, a grace pastor, a grace church would never confront anything, never say anything to anybody. That's not true. Um, in fact, that's, that's, uh, not even the way that Paul operated. Paul, confronted people in the in the church who were who were living wrong and blaming it on his message and he said uh you have forgotten he told the church at Corinth he said uh it is commonly reported that there's fornication going on here <laughs> and uh i think i'll i better change mics and it commonly reported that fornication is is going on here and he said this should never be reported not even once named among you and he said, you have forgotten who you are. Now, he didn't even tell them, now come down and repent and, you know, use up all the Kleenex and blow your nose and 
feel bad. He just said, um, you have forgotten who you are. He said, know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost and that the Spirit of God dwells within you. Would you join Christ with a harlot? And uh, the truth of the matter is that, uh, no, he would not. He would not do that. He wouldn't join Christ with a harlot. Uh, I mean, a person that's really wanting to please God. So, amen, just thought I'd mention that, that, again, most believers, I want to preach down to the middle and to say that most of us want to live a life that's pleasing to the Lord. And I'll tell you, nothing will help you do that more than being established in righteousness and justification and grace uh, you know, in other words, preaching in a way that is sin conscious uh, will actually produce the opposite effect that you want. Amen. So there's no need in beating up people, beating them over the head, telling them what's wrong with them. We all know what's wrong with us <laughs> without anybody confronting us. We all know our weaknesses and our problems. And that's why we come to church to get something to chew on to help us. To overcome, amen, overcome our flesh, overcome our temptations, overcome our weaknesses, not have them pointed out where we're just down the aisle all the time repenting for our weakness. That just leads to, not, it's a vicious cycle, I'm telling you, that, that you can't get free from. So that's why we don't do that here. We're not going to ever have, you know, sin, sin-based altar calls. We'll have righteousness-based altar calls but not sin-based, amen, where it's sin is pointed out and made conscious of it and aware of it. We're aware, fine, praise the Lord. Now we're going to talk about who we are in Christ <laughs> that, that, and the fact that he has justified us, amen. He has, he has put us over and is putting us over and uh, causing us to triumph. The cool thing is that in Paul's revelation, he tells us that that Christ, by his finished work, what he did from the cross to the throne, made us right in God's sight. Like he he made us this way, like this is the way we're made. <laughs> you ever heard somebody say, well, that's just the way they're made. Well, this is the way we're made. Amen. We're made righteous. We're made acceptable. We're made to be um, uh, approved in his sight. Uh, and in fact, in fact, uh, we're going to come back here to Romans 5, but just on that point of being made righteous, I'm going to throw in another scripture. Uh, if you would look at Second Corinthians 5, how many want to see that toward the scriptures tells us that we're made righteous? Um, I want you to, uh, I want you to look at, um, second Corinthians 517 in the classic amplified. Uh, can you, can we put that up there? And, um, it says, therefore, if any person, I love this, is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creature. Now, whether you feel new or not every moment has nothing to do with it. You see the word feel up there? Nothing about feeling. It's just a fact. These are Bible facts. Amen. If any person is engrafted in Christ the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether. 
the old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away, which is a nice way of saying died. Died. It died. Isn't that wonderful? Now, that beats going around saying, y'all pray for me. I have so many temptations. I'm so weak. Uh, please help me. Well, that, that, that just has weakness and failure all over it. That might be your desire to be helped. I want to be helped. How about you? Praise God. Be helped in Christ. Here's how we're helped. The fact is that our old, our old, the, the previous moral and spiritual condition has died. What do we do with dead things? We bury them. <laughs> Amen. And, um, and, uh, this is the kind of burial that you need to have, and don't put a marker so you can go back and find it. Amen. You might want to mark the, you might want to mark the grave of a loved one, but we don't love anything about our old man. It's dead. We were crucified with Christ, buried with him in baptism. And now we live with him in the new life. Amen. So it says it's passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. Let's keep reading uh, verse 18. But all things are from God, who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself. See, we're always saying, Lord, I want to be reconciled to you. I want to, not my will, but thine be done. I want to break me. You know, we used to sing songs about being broken up and, you know, beat up by the Lord so that he could make us, you know, break us so he could remake us. But you'll notice here that we're not trying to be reconciled to him. He already reconciled us to him. Amen. And that's why I love, you know, in old songs, sometimes we use the word pardon. We use the word, you know, words like that. I love those words because it's true. We've been pardoned. We, In fact, it's better than that. It's like your your record has been expunged, which is a hard thing to get. Especially if you committed a crime to get an expunged record, it takes the governor and I don't know who all, probably a lot of money and some fancy lawyers to get that one done. But praise God, uh, God did it himself. And he looks at us and, re- and relates to us as if sin was never even in the equation. If this doesn't set you free, you see why you need this for faith, though. Because, see, if you're believing God for something that looks impossible, you've got an impossible health situation. You've got an impossible financial situation. You've got an impossible relationship situation with your children or your grandchildren or something like that. Uh, boy, there's, I hear families all the time that folks aren't speaking to each other and, and they're not, you know, communicating and that kind of thing. And it's a, it's a heartbreaking, it's a heartbreaking situation. And, uh, but praise God, um, God uh, fixed it as if none, none of these problems were there. And when you're facing those things that I just mentioned, you need your faith to be strong. Well, if you feel condemned and you feel unworthy and you feel like, well, I don't know, I'm not really all that great of a Christian, um, you're, it's going to affect your ability to believe God. It will affect you. And you'll feel unworthy, and you'll be praying like that if you don't watch it. Well, Lord, I know I'm unworthy. 
Well, that's a slap in God's face to say that to him when he's made you worthy. So what you're saying is when, Lord, I'm so unworthy, it's, it's, a, it's an attempt at humility, but it's actually arrogance. And it's actually the flesh at its finest, to be honest. <laughs> I know that's a little different than sometimes we hear it preached, but it's the truth, isn't it? And so it says he reconciled us to him. That's why he gets, that's why we stand and sing and say to, you know, to God be the glory. He gets all the glory. I, I take none. I, my attempts at doing anything to gain favor from him are, I don't, it's nothing. It's, well, the word says that our righteousness that we can conjure and try to produce is as filthy rags to God. And uh, I'm not going to explain what that means from the pulpit, but you look it up, what that means. Filthy rags is not good. And uh, so we're, we're, that's, that's how God viewed that, our attempt at, at getting good enough to where, you know, so I don't know how you go boldly into the throne of grace if you don't feel like you ought to be there. And so it says, he reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself, and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation, that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him, to say, hey, this is a good deal. You need to understand this. Now keep keep going, verse 19. Um, it was God personally present in Christ, reconciling and restoring the world to favor with himself, not counting up and holding against men their trespasses. Aren't you glad he doesn't hold anything against you? But canceling them, somebody said, well, what about your sin? What about it? <laughs> and I say, mine's canceled. It's like somebody said, that bill that you owed, that debt that you had, what about what happened with that? It was canceled, praise God. Ours, our debt was canceled to God. Woo! This is such good news, some people can't accept it. If you're not careful, the religion in you will reject it. And go, I don't know, that's just, I don't know, that's just too good. Well, read it and weep, amen. Not counting up and holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them. Woo! If you can't shout on that, your shouter's broke. And committing to us the message of reconciliation. of that, that means the restoration to favor. We're not only forgiven and, you know, all those things, but we have favor with God, which means we are one of his favorites. <laughs> you know, I'm one of God's favorites. Just thought you should know. All right. Keep reading verse 20. <laughs> so we are Christ's ambassadors, God making his appeal as it were through us. We as, here's the altar call that we should be giving. We as Christ's personal representatives beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor now offered you. That's the altar call. 
You know, I think we'd get more people coming on an altar call if we'd offer it like that. But don't you feel bad? Don't you feel rotten? You dirty, filthy sinner. You know, I mean, I just something about that just doesn't, it's not very appealing. But this is, yeah, sure, we are all dirty, rotten sinners, but but while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Woo! Going to get Pentecostal up in here. We beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor now offered. There's the altar call. And be reconciled to God. How do you get reconciled to God? By promising to do better and swearing, you know, flicking your cigarette in the flower bed as you leave the church. I don't know. How do you get, how do you get reconciled to God? You get reconciled to God by accepting the reconciliation He's already provided. And that's the only way to get reconciled to God. Amen. All right, go to 21. This is where I wanted you to see. This is so amazing. For our sake, say that's for me, that's for me. For our sake, he made Christ virtually to be sin itself. Not just pay the price for sin. See, we've had that preached so much that we've failed to see that, that he became the curse. He, he, he himself was the curse, was the sin. He became sin so that we could be set free from it. He was the price paid, exacted by the just judge. Virtually to be sin who knew no sin, that in and through him we might become. Now here's who we are now. This is the who we are in Christ's message, which is you hear a lot of that here. How how do we do this? You know, like I said, by, you know, swearing off all of our vices and promising to do better. You can do that and still fall short. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. You can't get it through law keeping. You have to get it by faith in what Christ has already provided. All right. This is so good. I didn't even get to the other. I don't even know why I make notes. In and through him we might become. This is what we've become. Say this is what we've become. You know, people sometimes will think about somebody they knew years back. I wonder whatever became of them. Well, here's what's become of us. Endued with. Viewed. Viewed by who? God. What is God's view? That's make a good mini book. Don't anybody steal it, the title. What is, what is God's view of you? That'd make a good mini book, wouldn't it? What is God's view of you? How does God see you? Well, he sees me as trying to do better. I hope. But here we're going to get God's view of you. Say, this is God's view of me. Say that. View of me. All right. Into, viewed as being in and examples of the righteousness of God himself. How many believe God's righteous at least? That's what he says. We're being viewed as examples of the righteousness of God. 
Wow. You see, there's not enough good works or whatever that you could possibly do to be to, to get that. What we ought to be, Lord, make me what I ought to be. He's He's done it. Approved. Isn't it wonderful? You apply for a loan or something. You 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 know you need a car or whatever. Isn't it wonderful if that's what you want to do? That's the route you take. Isn't it wonderful to hear the words "you're approved" or "you're approved for this job"? You're approved for this level of education. Are you 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 know you've been approved? We've been approved by God and acceptable. And in right relationship with Him, notice this, by our good works and effort and trial and error. No, by His goodness, Jesus has done it all. To God be the glory, great things He has done. He's done it all. He gets all the praise, all the glory, all the honor, all the credit. Somebody might say, well, is that fair? Absolutely not. That's the beauty of it. It's not fair at all that Jesus had to go through all that he did so that to redeem us. But that's what he chose to do. And he's just asking us, how about a thank you? Amen. All right. Just wanted you to see that you're already approved. And the devil will try to tell you all day long you're not, and that you're a mess, and you need to, you need to do something about it. Instead of God, instead of giving glory to God that he's done it already. All right, Romans 5, we are going to read that. No worries, we'll beat the Baptist to the cafeteria. That's an old joke. Chapter 5, Romans, verse 1. I love therefore because, you know, uh, the the previous chapter, he goes into all these things that God has done for us to Christ and talk about uh, the, the last verse of, verse of chapter 4 says, talking about Jesus who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Okay, so, therefore, like I said, if the word therefore is there, you have to know why it's therefore. Because it's going to tie what was said before it with this. And So, in other words, because that Jesus justified us by his works, therefore, being justified by faith, not by works, by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Folks, we're not at war with God. God is not your problem. God's not sending you through the dark valley so that you know what it's like to feel the sunshine at the other end or any any of that. He, he, God is saying peace. God thought of peace before the hippies did. (laughs) <laughs> Woo! I'm excited about this. 
So when you go to God in prayer, you have a need, Lord, we need some, you know, help, we need some money, we need some, some opportunity, we need something. Realize that you're going to Him in a favored position. You're going to Him. He wants you to come. He's not tired of your petitions. He's like, oh good, I was wondering when you were going to talk to me about that. I've got the answer already. God's got your back. Well, they don't feel like it. Well, let's drop an anvil on your toe and distract your feelings. <laughs> you think you feel bad until you stump your toe, and then you go, wait, oh, Lord. You know, all your attention goes to that. I found that if I put my shoes away at night, I don't tend to trip over them and fall in when I get up in the night. Why do you have to get up in the night? Think about it. All right. For for whom also we have access. Like top security clearance. We have a military installation here in Tampa Bay area. McDill, and, uh, you know, you got to have, to get access into there, you have to have, uh, you know, at, especially at different levels, you have to have, you have to have access. You have to have security clearance. You can't just ride your moped in there and say, I'm going to go visit the general of some, something. I have an idea where the terrorists are. <laughs> they will quickly escort you off property and put your name on a bad list. I'm telling you. You can't even get a special seat in a grace and faith meeting without access. They'll escort you out too. Kick you right out. By whom also we have access by faith. How, how by showing the Lord we mean business and all that. No, access by faith into this grace, which is a gift, wherein we stand. And rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. We have access. You say, well, if I could just get my hands on some money to pay these bills or do something, I'd be in better shape. You have access to where it is. Not only so, but we glory in tribulations also. We glory in the hope of, rejoice the hope of the glory of God. But we glory in tribulations knowing that tribulations worketh patience and patience. You're talking about frustrating the devil. He sends something intended to defeat you, to make you feel like a failure, to to discourage you and upset you, and you're rejoicing. Oh, a tribulation. I'm rejoicing in it according to the word. And it's like the devil's going, we just can't get through to this guy. That's right. Can't get through. 
We don't allow, we have boundaries, and we do not allow the devil to have access into our mind, our soul, our heart, our health, our, our, our uh, financial situation. We do not allow it. Glory to God. Tribulation worketh patience. So after this tribulation, I will have more patience. Praise God. And patience experience. And experience hope. And hope maketh not ashamed. Praise God. We won't be ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto me. Now, I would love to read the entire thing here, but uh, we don't have time. But um, I want you to see this. Verse, uh, jump down to verse 19. We'll skip all the rest of that. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners through Adam's failure, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Through Adam, we're condemned. Through Christ, we're justified. Moreover, verse 20, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Grace is stronger than sin. That as sin hath reigned unto death, even so we might, uh, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. There is nothing in this but victory. Yea, we win. Not because of us, but because of Him. All right. Now look at Romans 8 quick. I got like eight minutes here or something. Romans 8, which is one of my favorite chapters because there's just so much in it. Verse 11. If the same Spirit that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, and he does, say he does dwell in me. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken or make alive your mortal bodies by his Spirit that dwelleth in you. You need to go around in your life and speak life to it. Zoe life. I speak life to my health. I speak life to my finances. I speak life to everything that I set my hand to. I speak life. And he's dwelling in us. He's not off in heaven, far away. Can you hear me? Hello? Is anybody up there? Well, it's lunch break in heaven. You have to grin and bear it till they get back. No. 
He's not far away in heaven. I mean, he is in heaven, but he's not just in heaven. He's here, heaven on earth, inside of us. We are not citizens of this fallen world, but we're citizens of heaven, and the life that lives in us is the life of Christ himself. Which, by the way, is another proof that you've been, that these scriptures are true, that you've been made righteous, because how could Jesus and the Holy Spirit dwell in an unclean place? Can't. Everything that's been purged by blood is made holy. People say, how are you doing? We should say, I'm blessed. I've got the life of God in me. I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm going over. Can't go under for going over. And I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. How are you? And then there will be like, some of them will be like, sorry I ask. Because they want to hear, I'm fine, how are you? Well, there's nothing wrong with being fine. How are you? But, you know, we need to get to the place where we say, I'm highly favored of the Lord and I'm blessed. And I mean, you know, you don't have to preach them a sermon. Then they might avoid you tomorrow on the street, you know. Oh, don't have time for a for your sermon. And if Christ... No, sorry. Where was I? 11. 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify or kill the the deeds of the body, you shall live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again in fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit... Yeah, the Spirit himself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children... Are you ready to shout? If children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. There's our inheritance. There's our spiritual inheritance. We are heirs of God and joint heirs with Jesus Christ. And we say, Abba, Father. All right, now we're going to just look at a few more verses here. Can I, can I have two more minutes of your time or so? I don't want to keep you too late. Um, verse 28. Well, what about all that I'm going through right now, Pastor? What about it? I've got, I'm, I have a word here for you in Romans 8:28. We know that all things work together for good to them that Love God. Do you love God? To them who are called according to his purpose. How many know that's true? You're called according to his purpose. 
So you could say that means me and that means me. You got two things that mean you. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. We used to sing to be like Jesus. That's all I ask. But here, according to this, it's, it, this is what God's predestinated us to be. His divine providential will was that we be conformed to the image of his son, that we might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called, and whom he called, them he also justified, and whom he justified, them he also glorified. Now, I'm not only righteous and justified, but according to this, I'm glorified in Christ. Now, you might not see that glory, and I might not always <laughs> exemplify that glory because I'm human like you are. We make mistakes. But God, this is God's view again. What shall we then say to these things? What are we going to say to the things? Uh, how's, how's it going? Well, there's things. Well, we all have things. <laughs> thing one and thing two, right? <laughs> if God be for us, he's asking the question, what shall we say to these things? How about we say this is really what he's saying. How about this? If God be for us, who can be against us? Who? Name the dude. Name the the power. Name the authority that can be against us if God is for us. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for all, for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? I've heard preachers say, well, the Lord will only give you what he feels he can trust you with. That's not, it's not, it's not in there. They've made it up. Trust you, you know, T.L. Osborne was the first one that pointed that out that I heard. He said, trust you with, you know, something natural he said he gave you jesus what what on this earth is worth more than jesus who shall lay anything to the charge of god's elected is god that that justifieth anyway let's let's jump down and save a couple of verses here because it can bog down they need more explanation than I have time. I want you to look at uh, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? He says in verse 37, nay, in all these things, Nay, I love that word nay. Nay, no, wrong, eh. No. 
he says, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And I'm telling you, the devil will throw everything at you. He'll throw every piece of spaghetti at you that he thinks will stick and, and try to, try to separate you from God's love, try to make you think God doesn't care, try to make you think that nobody cares what you're going through and, and it's all going down the tubes. I'm telling you, the devil's a liar. I'm with, sticking with Paul here and saying, I am convinced. He says, I'm persuaded. We can say, I'm convinced that nothing is separating me from God's love. God's love is pouring out upon me 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, pouring out upon us. And the devil brings natural situations and stirs up circumstances against you to try to make you doubt that. But we're not doubting it. We're going over. Jesus, when they woke him on the boat, and they said, we're going under. He said, we're not going under. We're going over. Well, the boat's going down. Fine. We'll walk on the water the last way. We need some exercise anyway. And they're like, I don't know what to make of this guy. What manner of man is this? That even the wind, you know. What's the matter of man that believes? That God's not a liar. His father, he knew, would not lie to him. And, he, and when Jesus said it, that was it. Right, we're going over. Here we go. All right, that's enough preaching. Praise God. I hope that built you up, lifted you up, helps you for the week, helps you for the day. Amen. This is we're going to, and, and I, I urge you, no matter what you're going through, only say that. Only say that. No, no, I don't know what I'm gonna do. <laughs> no, instead say praise God. God's putting me over. Hide and watch. You don't look like it, but you hide and watch. You see what the Lord will do. Amen. Praise God. Glory to God. That's right. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Well, let's pray. If you're even here in the building or you're watching and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'm going to invite you to do what we just read in the Scripture. Come freely and accept this grace now offered, this gift of salvation now offered. And all you have to really say is, Lord, I receive salvation in Christ. I receive this gift of grace. I receive this restoration to favor. I receive the reconciliation that you have given to me. And you just say that in your heart, and I'm telling you the Holy Spirit will come into your life and flood you and bless you. And so if that's what you're saying today, then you just pray that prayer. Uh, those that need healing in their bodies, if you put your hand where you're suffering, I'm going to pray that God will touch you right where you have a need. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you for your healing power. In the name of Jesus, I take authority over all sickness and disease. I command blind eyes to open, deaf ears to unstop, uh, lame legs to walk, cancers and tumors and growths 
to disappear. Father, I thank you for heart conditions and circulatory systems to be healed and made whole today in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your healing touch. Those that are dealing with mental issues and and um, and attacks on their mind and their soul, in the name of Jesus, we command the devil to take his hands off of people. We thank you, Lord, for deliverance. We thank you for health and healing mentally, physically, financially, in every way. Those who have financial needs. Lord, I thank you that you do amazing, surprising things this week. Those that are in debt and can't pay their bills on time. Lord, we thank you for, for moving in their life. And thank you for upgrades and, and uh, favor, debt cancellation, all kinds of blessings. We thank you, Lord, for bringing those things to pass in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we thank you for your love, your mercy, and grace, showing yourself strong in our lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, one more time, let's lift our hands and thank God today for the word, for encouragement in Christ.